So if we open this up, there's a full, oh, it's a folder. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you're testing in Postman. Uh -huh. yes, exactly. you're, like, huh? you're like, oh, what? Oops, I messed up the name. You know, like yep. this is just totally exactly. part of the debugging process. It's time for the DevCast. Brought to you by Portage Bay Solutions and all of your professional developers working in the FileMaker space. My name's Dan Smiley. I'm your host and citizen developer. And with us, we have John Newhoff, founder and president. Welcome, John. What's new with you today? Oh, not much new today. Enjoying uh, some cloudy weather for a change. Um, I'm uh, hoping to go for a little bit of a quick flight after this to visit somebody over in Port Townsend. Oh, that sounds exciting. And then we have Brad Stanford. Welcome. Hello. Kate, good to see you today. We're working on a great app for uh, for Wismic. I'm, I think we're going to talk after this on that. So we'll, we'll get all, all nerdy with that. What are you up to today? Just enjoying uh, some rainy weather, and it's raining in yeah. Texas. Raining in Texas. Today. I didn't know Texas ever mm -hmm. got rain. I thought it was just well. Brown tomorrow's and gonna dry. be tomorrow's gonna be rainy and ninety degrees, which is a is a recipe for hail. So we'll probably oh. have a hailstorm, nice. which means okay. my husband will jump to work. So oh. there we go. Okay. <laughs> By the way, she has hail down, or she has rain down there right now. I got nothing up here. I'm in the north central part of the state, so multiple well, weather a, systems. It is a big state. It's very big. So you're up there in the Panhandle? Uh, no, I'm down north central. I'm just off of the side of Fort Worth by about an hour and a half, so okay. southwest of there. So I'm I'm very central. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Jacob, steely-eyed missile man, <laughs> managed to fix that. Pesky AIS issue. So I'm so excited yes, about. Yes. How are you today? <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. It's uh, nice California weather and uh, enjoy the morning. <laughs> Where are you located? Uh, Southern California, uh, in the high desert. Okay, I hear your water reservoir is full. <laughs> yes, yes, all the water reservoirs are full. They're probably going to overfill uh, Big Bear Lakes. Uh, dam. They're going to have to release it this year, probably. All the snow melt. It's, uh, yeah, there's a lot of water. <laughs> That's good. We actually have rivers. Uh, the rivers are running here in the high desert, and they they haven't been for uh, like three or four years. So it's a surprise. Yeah, Mother <laughs> Nature has given the state a little runway <laughs> to, to, to borrow a business buzz term of the decade. Joe, how are you today? Good to see you. Yeah, I'm great. Great. It's nice and uh, well. It's oh, I'm in Nebraska, and uh, we're gonna have our first 70 degree day of the year. We're gonna have 50 mile an hour winds, but I don't care. I'm gonna be in 70 degrees. <laughs> right. So you're gonna you're gonna go drag the laptop and sit outside and something. Just gotta get out there, blowing yeah. away. I don't care. That exactly. And Zandon, how's your weather? Uh, it's doing good. I'm in Silo, Washington today, so. I had a beautiful sunrise, stuff we don't get sometimes in Seattle. <laughs> oh, is that not your normal location? Uh, no, I'm over at my uh, girlfriend's house. 
her uh, little daughter turned five yesterday, so we had a birthday party. Pretty exciting. And right. Yeah. See, it's next to Yakima. So. Okay. Right. I'm down here in Camas on the edge of the Columbia River. Oh, and it, nice. uh, we got a good sunset here today as well. Well, our topic today is postman integration. And I'm going to start with Zandon just to tell us briefly what is postman? What is, give us an overview. Uh, postman is exactly what it sounds like. Uh, it allows to do REST API calls like post, put, get. Um, and it just makes it easier. So you can store different collections is what they're called of uh, different posts, gets, and structure them so that you can retain them and, and test and see what your input and output is going to be. And super, super helpful, super handy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I think I could let Joe speak a little bit more to it than that, but, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. They call it post man. I'm not sure. I think it's cause it's like your, the mail delivery guy, but yeah. Okay. Believe they, when they, come, they come in the in the rain or the sleet or the snow. They it, they deliver every time. Oh, and that's oh, it. Yeah. You know, you when you're working with FileMaker and you start to, to work with APIs, you're you're like pulling your hair out sometimes. Like, what? Why am I not getting a response? Or am I not authenticating? Or what's wrong with my call? You know, my curl call, and uh, and Postman just is you know made to sort of work with that sort of stuff, so it doesn't have the hurdles that you run into with FileMaker. So. Putting it in there first, make sure it's working. And then when you pick, take it into FileMaker, you have a model that you can work from and, and it makes you know all your development in FileMaker so much easier. So tell us more, Joe. Why why should we do you use this regularly? Is this part of your regular? I'm doing workflow? API integrations. Yeah, it's kind of a must-have. Uh, I feel like getting uh getting that your 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 API calls just set up and define in postman. Uh, gives you a great reference uh, when migrating in that over FileMaker. And we'll go over that uh, a little bit more in depth. But for the most part, it's just a really nice, easy environment to set up, test your calls, test your authentication, make sure the API, API is set up the way it's supposed to. And then from there, uh, uh, you start the integration into FileMaker. So from a, uh, an ignorant citizen developer perspective, is this... Is this an external tool I use while I'm setting up my FileMaker app? Is this a plugin? How, how does this integrate with FileMaker? Uh, great question. So it's a third-party app. So it's completely separate from FileMaker. Um, Postman.com, you can download Postman, uh, the application there, or you can use it in the browser. Uh, I've found that storing things locally uh, in my Postman collections makes it a lot easier. I don't have to worry about uh, just latency or you know browser uh, compatibility. And so I can set up my calls uh, in you know in any form and I could even you know there's options for sharing out your collections and collaborating with coworkers. but I typically just use it uh, as my tool. It's free. so I use it as a tool to set up the calls of how I want them to look and work in FileMaker and then test that everything works, and then rebuild all the calls in FileMaker using what Postman gives me. Okay, so that's that's great. John, did you want to share your screen? Do we want to walk through this? I think we've got Joe uh, poised for, uh, for screen sharing. Yeah. Hey, Joe, would you be comfortable calling it a fill-in-the-blank version of API testing? Would that be okay to say? Fill-in-the-blank. 
Well, it's more, it depends on how you use it. Um, because, and we'll get into this more, but because Amazon uh, is so thorough with their documentation and with their Postman collections, mm-hmm. uh, it's really just plugging in what they've already generated and setting up your authentication and just seeing if your account is set up. There are other APIs where the documentation uh, is not as thorough or uh, there is no Postman collection to be used. So you have to read through the documentation. And then at that point, it's more of a fill in the blank where you just have to see, you know, put in data at different spots uh, and see if things work. Um, so this one, the S3 integration is is much more straightforward because Amazon is so thorough. Gotcha. To, to me, an analogy may not work for everybody, but for me, a really good analogy for why Postman is super handy is um, if, if you're familiar with doing SQL in FileMaker, um, SQL in FileMaker is a little bit challenging because you have to you have to encode your your SQL queries in in all in the calculation engine, and there's a lot of overhead associated with table naming and quoting and, and all that. If if you're making a SQL query in a in a simple SQL tool like like Razor SQL on the Mac or Microsoft's Query Analyzer, um, you're just typing pure SQL, and, and it's uh, it's super easy to determine whether or not your SQL is correct or not. So if you do it there first, and then put it in FileMaker after you know you've got a good working SQL query, it makes it a lot easier. And I feel like Postman's similar. If you do it in Postman first to make sure everything's working correctly, before you put it in FileMaker, you're you're streamlining things a lot. Yeah, definitely. Just to add, yeah, go ahead, Kate. One more point is that you know it's not strictly for FileMaker. I mean, we're really talking about any time you're working with an API. And now as the Claris platform grows, as we get this ability to build our own custom connectors in Claris Connect, that's really specifically, okay, you need to know how this API works, need to test all the calls. So this would also be a really valuable tool for for working with any API via Claris Connect, FileMaker, Claris Pro, Mm -hmm. maybe Claris Studio in the future, who knows? You know, I think think this does really... uh, serve as a very valuable tool for, for the future of the Claris platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. yeah, and even using, you know, Postman to make calls to the FileMaker Data API, there's even tools to, and, and I haven't gone this far with Postman, but you can run entire processes where you're calling multiple APIs and passing data between them just to make, just to test that workflows work. So there's all, all sorts of uh, of tools built in Postman that you can really integrate all sorts of different APIs and workflows. So it's it's a pretty massive tool. Yeah, it's even got its own scripting. scripting. Right. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yep, <laughs> it, is, it is really cool. Another script language I need to learn. <laughs> <laughs> right. But for today, we won't touch any of that. We're just going to yeah. <laughs> uh, go through the process of setting up a workspace, uh, importing in the collection, you know, and the basic authentication authentication model, and um, you know, making making our first calls, and then seeing how that translates uh, into what we're going to need to store in FileMaker to to build that uh, the API call from the solution. So uh, uh, this is a pretty standard API integration. Um, there's nothing outside of you know outside of the authentication. Um, and we're uh, at, 
we are using S3. So that's, there's, you know, uh, calls specific to S3, like, you know, uploading data and things like that. Um, but other APIs are typically sending data or getting data. Um, we're not typically, uh, you know, in the form of JSON objects or things like that, or using text. So this one's a little bit different other, uh, because we're using um, actual files, but for the most part, it's a pretty standard integration. Now, I wanted to at least start off. Uh, I'm forcing myself to, to not be as prepared as I would like. I'm going to start with a blank slate. We're going to uh, create the collection, uh, import the entire collection from, from uh, Postman's, uh, the S3 collection from Postman, and then set up the authentication, set up the call, and I'm going to see if I can do it uh, without forgetting anything. And all in 15 minutes? Yeah. Uh -huh. Awesome. All right. The clock is running. So okay, Joe. We'll we'll fix it in post. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So uh, I have a number of workspaces here. Um, I have an AWS workspace. I've cleared everything out, so nothing's in here. Um, just a quick overview of the of the interface. Uh, I also use dark mode in all my things. So there's that. If you're seeing different stuff, the light mode is just looks different. Um. Let me move my Zoom controls out of the way. Okay. So, um, hey, can I pause you there for a second, Joe? Yeah. You mentioned S three. What is that? Before we get any farther, uh, uh, S three is Amazon's storage platform. So, um, I can't. I, I know. I can speak to it if you'd like. I was going to say I know enough to be deadly. Uh, but yeah. Zandon uh, ha has has a whole all sorts of information about it. Yeah, so all of your different cloud providers offer a way to store information. There's structured file format, where you like your hard drive on your computer, and then there's what's called um, containerized object storage. And so an S3 is a container. Uh, you basically put objects in containers called what's what's called a bucket, and an object is basically that it's an object similar to a. It can be a file. It can be a, a graphic. It can be just a blurb of text. Basically, any type of file can be put into an S3 bucket. And um, it has a little bit of information about it, but you're not putting it into a structured file system. You don't have folders or anything like that. It just gets put in there, and it has a reference. And you can connect to that reference across the internet from anywhere, or you can connect locally through private uh, addresses. So it gives you this place to store shared information um, in the cloud, and it's scalable, hugely scalable and accessible. and those are sort of the key things that you can't do with structured data um, because you have to you have to sync data across uh, different regions in order to make it available in different locations. Well, all sorts of different uh, problems there, but yeah. Um, and storage on it, anywhere from zero bytes to five terabytes. So you can go pretty big, pretty big. And there's all sorts of data redundancy. It's got a really high uptime, a really high, it's got all sorts of wonderful things. So. Would you S3, say that sure. S3 is probably the most common cloud container storage or? Yeah, yeah, I believe so by far. I mean, the next would be Google's uh, yeah. cloud storage. And then, you know, uh, third up in the line uh, would probably be uh, Microsoft's Azure. But right. yeah, everybody wants, everybody wants it, right? And they, they don't, it's funny, the pricey model in is like, it's almost free. It's pretty much free to put anything you want in your S3 bucket. And then you get charged for pulling things out. So they want you to push stuff into the S3 bucket. And then and then they charge for the pull, pulling out information. 
Well, that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So, so Joe, you're using S3 as the uh, storage for the Postman solution you're going to work with right now. Right. Okay, yeah. Right. So we're uh, we're going to be integrating a FileMaker solution uh, to store data, particularly images, uh, into S3, and then it's going to reference those uh, those files stored in S3 throughout the solution. You know, all over the place. So uh, the first bit is just getting up. Uh, getting this set up, setting up the connection between uh, FileMaker and S3, and we're going to use Postman to test all of the the calls and authentication. Uh, and so let's go and start that out. So in other APIs where you don't have a very thorough um, collection, what you do is start a new collection and build it from there. The nice thing about Amazon is all their collections are very tidy and they have them they're all a free download uh directly from their website now uh, i can show you quickly what that looks like but this is what their guide looks like and i've spent some time going through the guide it is helpful when you're learning a new uh, api integration to review the documentation familiarize yourself with it don't you don't need to memorize it you just need to know where to find things and typically they're all in one place Amazon, like I was saying, is very thorough, so uh, very easy to find all their calls, uh, very easy to understand how, what their authentication looks like, uh, and just get 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 it working uh, pretty quickly. So, uh, so let's go. We've got our uh, this is their Postman's collection for Amazon, which has been made by Amazon. Um, you define collection, Joe. The collection is uh, is all of the API calls that are available for that API. So <clears throat> uh, when you download a collection from Postman, there's a good chance it's gonna uh, it's gonna include way more than what you need. But it has every po every possible call defined in the collection itself, and it's all very organized uh, in a folder form. So you've just got. Um, the entire list of of necessary variables and all sorts of stuff uh, for for each call. Yeah, only only for the collections that exist, right? Yes, for the for yeah. all the collections that exist. Yeah, um, and the, if you look at the collections, they will match up with the documentation. Typically, um, I have worked with collections that were completely different than, than the documentation, so you have to work your way around that. Some of them are not updated um, by the actual provider of the API, so um, but that's pretty rare these days. Uh, I'd say in the early days of API integration, everything was on the fly. You were just making up stuff left and right, but these days, uh, collections are very thorough, and um, when you're working with large companies like Google and uh, Amazon, their collections are are built by you can tell they're built by developers. They're just so so well thought out. So I've downloaded the collection for S3. It's, it's down here towards the bottom. And what we're going to do is just import it directly in uh, to a, this new collection. So I've got it in my downloads, and I'm just going to drop it in. It's a JSON uh, JSON file, which is just a JSON object will all the calls built into it. So there it's imported. Now we've got our list uh, of calls. So integra uh, integrating with buckets, uh, these are all of the calls to do that. And integrating with objects, which um, termage, uh, uh, for verbiage, the term object is 
um, any endpoint uh, that's going to be in a bucket. So the file that's going to exist at the endpoint is going to be your object. And then there's the public access block, which that's a whole that's a whole series of um, of access uh, uh, API calls, and we won't get into that. So all we're working with today is uh, we're going to view the buckets, make sure that we can view the buckets, and then upload a file. Uh, so buckets uh, in 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 S three are essentially the parent folder. Um, that's going to store all of the objects with it. And then you can add folders, things like that. But it's going to inherit, uh, every object within this bucket is going to inherit the permissions for that bucket. And then there are additional permissions for each file and so on and so forth. We won't get into, into any of that. We're just going to um, test our initial API call by seeing if we can get all the buckets in this account. Um, we have a Portage Bay S3 account, and we have a few buckets in there. Uh, so I took, uh, I, I, I just made one of them uh, uh, public uh, for this demo. And so we can at least view that, uh, get the list of buckets, and then see, uh, and then post files to to that public uh, bucket. So you, you chose the top secret bucket, right? That's the one that you made public? Uh, always. Yeah, Good. you just want to share everything all the time. Good man. Transparent. Yeah, and the fun <laughs> part about S3 is if you're logged into your AWS console account and you pull up the Postman and you download the bucket to Postman, um, it'll automatically come in with your keys. So you don't yes, have to... Yes, that's where I was just going. So thank yeah, you for <laughs> <laughs> that. makes it sound like a hacker tool. Yeah. I mean, it has... It has uh, well, if you have those credentials, I mean, right? Yeah, you're right. already in. No, you're already in the system, <laughs> right? Exactly. So uh, now, because I was already uh, logged in, I have my secret, my access keys, and secret keys. These I also created just for this demo. Uh, this is a one-off access key that I've created in uh, in our Amazon uh, uh, keys or in my in my my IAM account. Yeah. Wait. So, stay there a second. I'm writing those down. <laughs> we're gonna blur those out it'll right? be gone and it'll be gone soon enough <laughs> um but what's nice about that is that uh since i was already logged in it automatically added my keys to this and so what i like to do first right off the bat is set up my environment your environment is is all of your variables that you're going to use for each call so um for this particular uh call i'm gonna need to make this access key and secret secret key uh, uh into variables so the nice thing about postman is i can uh um you know click them and just choose set as variable we'll set a new variable this is going to be my access key uh puts the value and then the scope is where do you want to where do you want to store that so um a global uh, a global variable, just like in FileMaker, is a variable that can be used within all the collections uh, of of your workspace. Um, I just want to save it to this particular collection, so that way I don't accidentally use different names. Uh, you know, to have duplicate names between uh, collections, and it just gets confusing. So I typically always save it uh, to the collection. So we've got our scope is in this collection, and we've got our access key variable. And there we go. It uh, defined it for me. Uh, the and then we'll do the same thing with all the other necessary variables. 
This is one of the things I really like about Postman. Yes. Yeah. How how easy it is to set up. Yes. You know, they're not making you go to the variable screen and enter a new one and all that kind of stuff. You just do it on the fly. So yep. easy. Yep. Um, their authentication models are fantastic. Uh, the fact that they build them all uh, into the into Postman and then update your headers uh, in the call accordingly that saves so much time. This used to be kind of a kind of a black box. You would have to set up your authentication, figure out how the API was connected. But these days are all defined, so it's super simple. Um, and AWS has their own specific authentication model, and we'll go into the structure of that later on. But uh, the fact that I don't have to build that out here, it just has a screen where I put in the, the data and it, it it's good to go. Uh, so now these are the headers. It, it already had defined all these. So I don't typically you don't need to change headers. There are some situations where you're going to add headers uh, or add key pair values into the headers. Um, you know, if you're if you're doing uh, additional permissions or if they're 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 usually laid out in the documentation of the API. And so it'll give you additional options if you want to add those. And it'll say if it's required or not, you know, very, very thought out. Usually it's yeah. in the documentation. Yeah. <laughs> On the, for this one, since we're using, we're talking about Amazon S3, I'm going to, I'm just going to kind of reference that from here on out. The yeah. Amazon stuff is very thought out. Uh, the body of the post, uh, this is pretty straightforward. It's just an XML body. Uh, we don't really know, but need to know what's happening right here, right now. But we'll get into that uh, a little bit later on. Um, and then pre-request uh, pre script. This is if you do want to run. So we, earlier when we were talking about the scripting language, it would. This is where you would perform additional scripts before the request was actually sent. And then same thing with tests. You can test for certain scenarios, uh, post, pre and post uh, call. And then there are additional settings that rarely ever change, but you can. Um, uh, depending on the APIs, you know, you can do redirects or, um, you know, all sorts of stuff that are defined in the settings uh, tab. So we've got our parameters for this call. Uh, we're just, we're in the buckets uh, folder and we're just going to get the list of buckets for, uh, for our account. Uh, I didn't change the URL, you know, I've just added the, uh, the authorization and now I got to switch over. Oh, I got to save it. And then, would you normally change the URL? Uh, depending on the call, typically the 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 collections already have the AP, the URLs built in, so we typically never have to change those. Um, and if we do, it'll tell you uh, exactly where it should, when, and where it should be changed. As you can see, my environment has not updated. And I knew I would run into some of these problems. Postman is very well thought out, but there are some, you know, bugs here and there where it's not using my the collection that I created. If you were creating your own API in FileMaker, if you if you're if you were creating and publishing an API for your solution in FileMaker using the data API, um, you could you could write your own you could create your own collection. And publish a collection, a Postman collection for your own FileMaker Solutions API if you wanted to, right? Yes, absolutely. How John, when, would, when would you want to? When would you want to do that? You write your own 
APIs for FileMaker solutions? Sure, if, if you've got a solution, and I, this probably applies to, this might apply to um, vertical market developers, um, but if you've got a solution where you, where you want to provide access to a third party, uh, and, a, and a vertical market developer would be a good example if they've got 100 clients using their, their vertical market product for, for maximizing uh, crop yields on, on uh, um, cabbage plantations or something. Um, it, it, that those, all those people probably have accounting systems and their accounting systems might benefit from being able to access the, the data that's in the FileMaker app and having a standardized API for that would be a, a common request. Um, and if those developers are all wanting to use Postman, then providing a Postman collection to them would be a really, it's, you would do that for the same reason Amazon's doing it, to make it easier for, easier for your customers to use your API and therefore get your customers to be more tightly married to your solution. You know, if, if, if they've bought your solution, they're, they're committed to it. If they've written third-party tools to your API, they're even more committed to it. Um, and so having a good API, I think, is a, is a tool to help keep your customers happy and keep them committed to your product. Um, it's also a way of providing access to your data in a very structured way. If, if you're an in-house developer in an enterprise environment and you need, you need to provide some other developers there, maybe they're developers of in-house um, intranet solutions, and you need to provide access to your FileMaker data, doing it through the API, doing it through a custom API that you've written, gives them really structured access to it without, without having to expose, for example, the ODBC interface, where you, you lose some control over, over what people can get to. Yeah, cool. Okay, so let's make our first call. Uh, we'll see if this works. Hey, the access ID provider does not exist in our records. Um, Anybody have a chant to the demo gods ready? <laughs> uh, let's see here. Let me look at. And I can backpedal on the environment stuff. The environment stuff is where you can store. So you can have this S3, all of these like credentials and everything, but you could have multiple different um, variables that you want to share where there's the server, there's the different credentials that you want to use, and you can start, start, store those in the, um, in the environment. And then, so you could have your dev environment, you could have your production environment, and as you're going through and testing, you can quickly change the environment and use the same collection to interface with those different environments. So the environment can be really helpful for, for being able to, to sort of separate those different uh, pieces of the puzzle. Um, you know, one, of, one of my questions was about the difference between addressing a sandbox from Postman versus addressing a, a live account. And if you're testing in a sandbox, how do you make that transition? And I think that answers the question is you set up two different environments. You can play around in the sandbox, hence the name sandbox. And then, uh, and then take what you've learned and go live with it. Yeah. Well, and, and you gotta be careful there because sandbox for some like Shopify, not mm -hmm. Shopify, QuickBooks, the sandbox for QuickBooks is 
completely different than the production QuickBooks. So you can totally <laughs> play around in Postman with, the, but but yes, very similar. You just have to you set 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 up the environments uh, slightly different for each, and yeah, absolutely, it works. But yeah, yeah, they can be the sandboxes can sometimes not be like production. So always be prepared for that when you're integrating your APIs. Sometimes they'll sugarcoat the sandbox so it's super easy for a dev to play around with the calls. And right. then when you go to production, there's a few more hoops you have to go through in order to get your authentication process in place. And that's good to know in advance for somebody that's just starting, especially with a QuickBooks, because I, you know, you and I both touched QuickBooks. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you're like, everything's was... working great in my yeah. world. <laughs> Let's deploy yeah. to production. Oh, wait a minute. Uh -uh. No. Why doesn't production work? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't have a production account to test with, so that's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anybody that's thinking, oh, I'll just jump into QuickBooks, just you know, just know in advance that you're going to have deployment things that you got to work through. But it's it's the same thing we all work through. It's it's nothing nothing unique. Hey, I figured out the authentication. It was using a key that I no longer use. For some reason, it, it, was, it was still using an old key as a default uh, instead of the new key that I had made for the demo. So, but that's also uh, kind of indication that we have, it was able to at least like, get into the account and see, you know, see the access keys. So now that I've got the correct access keys uh, entered in as my global variables, uh, and I can verify that here. Uh, all I have to do is run this, and it's still saying it doesn't exist. Cool. <laughs> yeah, but this is so much easier to problem solve if you were trying to do yes. this in FileMaker. You'd have no idea where you were at. No idea where you were still. It's still overwrite. Even though you pasted in the current one, it still says the current one is the initial one. So you just got to... Oh, yeah. Was there a save yeah. after you edit the variables? Uh, yeah, the collection, you got to reset the but initial it says current player. value right there. It's just, maybe just change the initial value. I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah, I could do that. Oh. Great example of debugging and troubleshooting. Hey, so now... Okay, multiple sets of eyes, you know, <laughs> if we <laughs> all work together. Sure. It's like, oh, I see that, I see that. Because for Joe, he has the hardest part because it's like all eyes are on him. He's controlling the mouse. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah I hope hey, you used so... industrial strength any first this morning. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a great lead into our sponsor for this presentation. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, could you take that away with the. Right, right. <laughs> what deodorant are, are you using today? Are you afraid of stinking at work? <laughs> <laughs> by yourself in your home office right. no has your cat <laughs> run away from you uh, okay so we made our first successful call uh so all we want to do is get a list of all the buckets in our account and we have our access key set up secret key set up uh we can see our response status this is in the header of the call itself is uh, 200, okay, so that's the call you're always looking for in every API call. The response should always be 200. Even if it's an error, you want a 200 response because that means the API server was able to process the call. Uh, if there's any other error, error uh, here, it'll that'll be specific to, um, you know, to the header itself. Uh, so it's like uh, permission denied or 
invalid uh, body or something something uh, along that terms. If the server can receive the call and process the data in it, then the response should be 200 okay. Unless you're working with QuickBooks, in which case you might get it uh, 100 as a response, but that's a totally valid response. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so we've got our list of buckets. These are the three buckets in our account. Um, we can, if we want to, we can go further and view permissions for each bucket and all that sort of stuff. But that's all we wanted to do. That's our first call to the API. So in FileMaker, uh, we would, if we went, if we needed to get a list of all the buckets in the FileMaker solution, um, we would perform the same call. So uh, to go a little bit further into that, this is what the curl request looks like. Uh, there's a tab on the right in Postman, you know, to get you these uh, code snippets. And our headers in FileMaker will have to be rebuilt in the same function. So uh, when you're doing insert from URL calls in FileMaker, uh, you know, you just use the post. So you, the, this is the command line curl. Uh, we would use a post and then set up the, the headers, and they would all look like this. Um, now, if we wanted to, we could just copy these exact values and put them into the curl options for the insert from URL call and just to test that it worked. Um, but to be uh, to be more thorough in the solution, we would want to store specific uh, variables and then build the headers into the insert from URL uh, call. So typically you would do that in its own set variable and the variable would be, you know, curl options or whatever. And then you so would build your headers in that variable. Is this one of those scenarios where you copy this text, you paste it into the into FileMaker, and it suddenly fills it with gobbledygook because it's looking for either field names or literals? Is that is that the scenario we're in? In yes, in a certain aspect, um, they you do have to watch out for you know quotes and escaping those things like that. Um, Postman most API calls use. Um, uh, like single quotes around specific variable or specific values. So it makes it a little bit easier, but as you can see in the data, there are quotes in the version. Uh, so you'll have to, you know, uh, escape those. So Jacob, any tools to use to cheat for us? I mean, you could cheat by using insert text and exactly, exactly. match it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it. text is no longer a cheat. It is the go-to syntax call. <laughs> I mean, it would perform the call, but like Joe was saying, you probably want to store everything later. So yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so that's the first call out of the way. So we know our authentication works. We know we can view... Um, uh, what we need to from within S3, uh, and that's that's kind of your first your first roadblock, right? So now we can move on to the next, the main function we wanted to do, which was uh, putting a file into S3. Uh, so for this demo, we're going to be using this PBS share uh, 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 bucket, and then now we're going to go over to our objects, and because I know where to go, we're going to use uh, the put. Uh, the copy object. And so um, prior to this, I had you know read through the documentation and got a better idea of all their their terms. So I already knew where to go for this one. Uh, but in general, you want to you know spend a, a while reading through as much of the documentation as possible. Maybe looking up some forum posts. Typically, there's a uh, 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 like a, a community page where people can post questions uh, for whatever API. 
Otherwise, use your other greatest resource as a developer, which is your ability to Google search. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're going to be copying uh, uh, a local file to S3. Um, as you can see, I pulled up the copy object uh, API call in the in the um, in the URL. You can see there's a couple of variables that are unresolved, and so we need to create variables. Uh, uh, in place of, or define what these variables are going to be in the URL call. So we know that the bucket is is the, the last one from the last call, the last bucket. So we're going to add this. The value is going to be uh, the PBS share and a scope is in the collection. Um, we can get into a whole sub, sub conversation about where to store uh, variables. For this demo, I'm just putting them into the collection. Um, I typically like to put them in their own specific environment variables and have them separated out and easy easy access. But for the demo, we just have it here and they're easily changeable. So um, yeah, that's, and I, I get weird about variables and I know uh, other developers do too. So I just wanted to make that distinction. Okay, so our variable for the bucket's been defined. Uh, the key is going to be the value that, uh, the name of the file. So um, it can be anything you want. Uh, for this demo, uh, we'll just set a variable as uh, test file. Oh, no. Variable test file. Okay, so now the the variables are not highlighted red, so we know they're defined. We can hover over them, we can see them in the collection itself. So uh, pretty straightforward. Um, our authorization, uh, as you can see, this the collection already had these defined, and that's not the variable names that we're using. So we just need to swap these out for the correct variable. Yeah, which is sometimes helpful when you're going through it, looking at it really quick, just to see what preloaded variables are. So yes. when you're setting your uh, collection variables, you can use their already named, and then they'll just automatically pick up and populate properly. Yep, yep, it's really really handy. But changing math effect, not a big deal either. Yeah. Uh, region. Uh, typically, we you're always using one region when you're making a call to an API. If you've got Multiple regions, um, they each have different authentication. So there's a whole other thing involved with that. Uh, for now, I'm just going to put in um, our, our, the, re the region for this uh, for this demo, which is, if we go back over to share properties, US West 2. That's specific to AWS. You wouldn't have that parameter with other APIs typically, right? Correct, right. Just for the AWS uh, API calls, we need to define the regions. And that's because uh, you're and using then, the AWS signature, which is like yes. its own uh, author yeah. authorization process. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then if you look in here, there's a whole, uh, the checksum algorithms for defining your string uh, or defining the string that is the checksum algorithm. That's in that's included in with that header object. So there's a lot of uh, that's all part of the integrate or the authentication stuff that you would want to at least uh, um, dive into a little bit before you start making calls. 
uh, just familiar yourself, familiarize yourself with it. You don't have to know exactly how everything's supposed to work. So, okay. So we have our uh, our variable set up. Uh, our header uh, is auto-populated. The body of it is going to be, uh, so for this, it didn't automatically change um, the body uh, type. So I'm going to do that instead. And since I, I read through some of the documentation, we don't want raw um, the uh, raw body uh, object. We need it to be binary uh, because we're going to be uploading a file. So I will define the file. I'm just using uh, uh, like a our logo uh, image, and then same thing. Uh, we don't need any pre-request scripts or tests, uh, and we don't need to change any of the settings. So now we're going to be putting this file uh, into this bucket. Um, there's so the 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 URL is well, let's I'll just run it and kind of show you what it does. The bucket you're attempting to access must be addressed using this specific end uh, specified endpoint. Uh, so all feature requests to this endpoint. And so the endpoint should look like this pbsshare.s3.amazonaws.com rather than this. So since the collection does not have uh, the bucket names you know, defined when you download it, uh, this is kind of a, an expected error. So we know that now we need to change this. Uh, and because we're using variables, what we'll do is put the variable name here. Why didn't it? Oh, okay. Remove it from this side of the URL. And then okay, so we've got a status of two hundred. Um, and those endpoints are described in the documentation. There's yes. a path, and, and yep. then there's a virtual path. So they're they're just two different ways. This is for AWS. But. Yep. Yep. But this is this is the power of Postman right here. I mean, you you have the message down there, right? In the same screen as where you're playing, where you're testing, exactly. and it was yep. just a copy and paste to fix it, right? And it's that's yep. so nice. Yep, exactly. So we've got our our response. So we've got our ID of the transaction itself, uh, the request ID, uh, the the timestamp, uh, the encryption, and the e tag uh, for this call, and then the server and content link. Uh, because we're uploading a file, there was no content link. Um, the the code you know for the for the call itself. So if I close this, I close it back out. This code icon on the right. This is uh, the the request that we're going to be rebuilding in FileMaker. So uh, in the in the curl options, we're going to be building this exact. Um, uh, uh, the variable will look basically exactly like this. So it'll say post, you know, and then we build everything out. Um, Joe, do you typically take this code straight into FileMaker and use it just to get a correct answer, like establish that, yes, it's working from FileMaker rather than setting variables and all the things that we typically do to make, to make, you know, non-brittle code. Do you just say, give, let's just see that it works and then we'll start parting out the parts. 
Sometimes. Uh, because Amazon stuff is so thorough, I already know what variables I need to be saving into the solution. Uh, right. So you've got a preferences table, most likely you're putting all your keys and your authentication in there. And then you're defining, uh, you know, got a URL field, all, all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, but an easy way to test would just be to dump this entire thing into a, uh, a variable and then make the call and see what kind of response you get. Uh, that's a good starting point. It's not going to work. Guaranteed. It's not going to work every time. Uh, you're setting up spaces, quote, you know, you got to figure out, uh, just to get the format right. You know, the, the for some reason, FileMaker will, will change the call or alter that call in some way. And so you have to massage it a little bit to get it to work. Um, okay. Just kind of an expected scenario. So maybe in the future, we could do a demo where we take this bit of code and actually drop it into FileMaker. And yeah. Complete the, complete yeah. the thing. But not today. Structure. That's where having a template. That one today. That, that's where having a template sort of for, for FileMaker to be able to load these values in with, with a proven template that you know is going right. to work really Andy. But yeah, that's a whole nother. <laughs> so Joe, you want to show the, oh, go oh, ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, Kate. It, well, should we see the uploaded image? It, it actually made it, should we yes. see it? In, yeah, so that's what the, that was the next bit. Okay. Uh, do you have a question before I get to that? No, go ahead. Go ahead and okay. do that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so we have our, our, our curl. Um, we have, you know, proper response. Let's go and see what that look, file looks like in S3. So we've got our, our, this is the bucket. And we've got our test file here. And I accidentally threw a, threw a, you can see in the URL, I have a forward slash in there and that should not be there. But now that's permanent, let's name the file. Um, so if we open this up, there's a full, oh, it's a folder. <laughs> <laughs> this is why you're testing in postman uh -huh. yes, exactly. you're, like, you're like oh what oops i messed up the name you know like yep. this is, this is totally exactly part of the debugging process like so if i remove that forward slash send it again got a response and then we go back to the objects nice 200 there we go okay the file itself so uh, we've got the the properties for this file. Um, pretty straightforward stuff here. Uh, this is the URL, the endpoint for this file. Uh, actually, let me make sure it inherited permissions. Yep. So now I should just be able to do this, and it gave me access tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's because it didn't. Uh, it didn't. It didn't set all those uh, globals. So let's do that. Oh, not that. Okay. So changes. Yeah. And you do want to be careful with these permissions because you yes. are opening it up to the world. Right. But, remove. Know. Remove right there. Yeah. <laughs> to the right. Oh. Unless yeah. you want. Yeah. There you go. And then save. Okay. So now. There hey. it is. Oh. Now I can take <laughs> this and I've got a actual, so one thing uh, I highly recommend for all developers is to just have a local FileMaker file for dumping random code into and seeing if it works. 
And I do that all the time. This is my test file. It looks like absolute hell, but um, it does all the functions and it takes the brunt force of all of the things that I throw at it. So I can throw you know, this in there and I can view it in FileMaker. I know this web viewer is pointing to this endpoint and that's it, right? Like we, that we've, that's our first big success. Now we have to migrate it into FileMaker and then we'll do that another day. So can I use this to basically turn my FileMaker solution into my own little version of Dropbox? Well, S3 would essentially be uh, your Dropbox. You can actually do this with Dropbox. Um, <laughs> Dropbox does allow you to have an API and you can upload files to that API. I wouldn't say it's nearly as uh, as thorough uh, in the little bit that I've used it. It's not nearly as thorough as Amazon's, but um, you can do this exact thing. So does Postman have the stuff I need to do what we just did with Amazon in Dropbox? Uh, Dropbox would have it. Um, I haven't looked, uh, but I imagine someone at Dropbox has made a Dropbox collection uh, or has, yeah, has made a collection that you could import into Postman from their website. So, all right, well, I'll make a note of that. Kate, make a note of that. <laughs> we might have I mean, a, I think we might have a use case for this. Well, and and this is this is based off a real client because they, you know, FileMaker of course has external storage, so they can, you know, you can you can just use FileMaker's storage for container fields, and but there there could be limitations to that, especially if you're dealing with really large amounts of data. And as this client was, so it was important to, you know, they didn't want to have to rely on having all that space on their local server or on a third party server. So they, you know, were using S3 as the solution here and just it's it's cheaper, it's cheaper storage and um, in some ways more reliable. I mean, piggybacking on everything that Zandon said and and yeah, once you incorporate the API, you can go ahead and tie it all together. So Jacob, could we do this with the AIS app? Could we use could we store the the decoded AIS data in this way? I mean, <clears throat> this is kind of along the lines that we were kind of discussing. Uh I mean, S3 buckets kind of fall into the the data lake or they could call fall into the data lake categories, um right? I I don't know Sam, you probably know more about the storage limitations of S3, but um, I believe it's like exobytes, like they're extremely massive. So you probably could take advantage of, of storing it there first and then requesting it back instead of storing it all in FileMaker. Yeah, like are. yeah. and you yeah. can do all sorts of triggers <laughs> and event triggers and stuff on the data once it gets mm -hmm. in the S3 bucket to convert it over to the data structure that you'd need to make it easier either to load into FileMaker or to load it into a web app solution. Um, for the image part of it, they also have streaming. Uh, you can do, you know, uh, secure real-time viewing of, of, of the media and streaming of it. So that yeah, works really great if you're doing video. They have a content, AWS has a content delivery network um, service as well that ties in with S3 that keeps the content that you want available in different areas around the country for, for super fast delivery. If you're, if you're needing to stream video to different parts of the country and, and, uh, and you need it to be fast, um, I forget what they call that cloud something I'm sure. 
cloud I don't know, that sounds interesting but you know how a lot of uh ais apps will allow you to uh view an image of the ship that you're you're tracking so could you store could you use this technique to separately store all those images separate from the rest of the solution would that make sense it could i, I think the, the to me the question with s3 versus like for example filemaker external storage so FileMaker external storage is um, not necessarily even network storage. It's it's it's, um, it's sitting there on the hard drive uh, or SAN or whatever you know whatever whatever hard drive infrastructure you have on the FileMaker server. The externally stored images are right there. They're they're accessible at um, to, to FileMaker server at, at possibly SSD speeds, certainly hard drive speeds, um, and so those images are available just instantaneously the images in s3 may not be um certainly not instantaneous so so i, I think it, it takes some analysis of what you're trying to accomplish about where best to store the images depending on the amount of storage space needed and how fast you need to be able to grab them um for vessel images i would say external storage might be better um there aren't there aren't that many vessels in the world. Um, you know, even if there's hundreds of thousands, external storage can take care of that without much trouble. And, and you probably, probably don't need super high resolution images for that, so the sizes wouldn't be that big. Yeah. Yeah, it's just all off the top of my head. Well, that makes sense. It's time. That'll be a time of discussion for, for yeah. another day. <laughs> That's really all the time we have for today's podcast. Joe, thank you so much for taking us through the, the demonstration. Is there is there any last comment that you want to make that you want want people to know about Postman before we go? No, I know there are other tools uh, similar to Postman that a lot of other developers have, uh, have recommended, uh, but I haven't had a time to really switch over. You know, it's like learning something new. Uh, I know Postman works, it's reliable, so I haven't changed it yet, but uh, there are a number of tools these days for integrating into uh, all sorts of APIs. So uh, familiarize yourself with whatever tool you choose and um, uh, make it a part of your normal routine. Excellent. Thank you, Joe, Brad, John, Kate, Joe, Zand, and Jacob. Thank you so much for taking the time to educate the rest of us. And everybody now, go back to work. We're done. <laughs> Thank you for spending your time with us at the FileMaker DevCast today. We hope you found something useful, something thought-provoking, and something to take into your own development approach. Things that help you to be more productive and to allow you and your team to get more done in less time. Find us online at portagebay.com and filemakerdevcast.com, and also on social media at FM DevCast and Portage Bay. Let us know if we can help you or your company with modernizing your approaches and streamlining your workflow. We look forward to seeing you at the next DevCast.